Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, welcome to the Get a Grip podcast. Uh, a different type of episode today. Uh, it is the off season. It's the silly season. It's the where Brendan Porath and I live. It's cold weather season, Porath. I mean, are you still playing or are the clubs away? Uh, the clubs are generally away when I'm home, regardless of season. Fair, fair. Um, I, except for, honestly, except for the topic we're going to talk about tonight. Nice. Or today, I should say. Like, that's the only time I get out around here is like when I'm doing it for the kids, you know, these charity scrambles or, you know, whatever other cause. But uh, the clubs are away. It's cold. I just have four kids under nine. And I just, it's hard to say I'll see you in four or five hours. I kind of occasionally get out, you know, once a month. But yeah, they're away. And I don't anticipate them coming back out for a while. And you guys know the voice. You guys know Brendan Porath of Shotgun Start fame, of Fried Egg fame. Uh, what else are you, what, what are we, what else are we famous for? What would you say is like your first two lines if you had a Wikipedia page? Not to say you don't. Oh, I, I definitely don't. I, that would be dangerous if I did. Uh, people would be editing that, you know, hither and yon. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not famous for anything. Being just an idiot that kind of operates in the periphery of, you know, professional golf, golf Twitter, things like that. I've, I've had the privilege of contributing to golf media in a variety of places and a variety of platforms. And uh, it's it's a good life. I can't complain. And maybe having as many children as Webb Simpson. I'd say those are your two famous points, that right? Is somehow, That's kind of where you're at. Yeah, overtaking my brand. I think so. Unbelievable. I, just about, I have kids. It's a, Yeah, that's where I'm at these days. So you mentioned it. We're talking only about scrambles today. We're not talking about PGA Tour. We're not talking <laughs> about live. We're not talking about the recent comments from this player or that player. We're only talking about either the best or the worst format in golf. And we're going to try to tackle which one it is by the end of this podcast. Now I asked, I had Steven Proctor on the podcast a few weeks ago talking about Scotland golf. And he sent me a message and said, if you ever need any questions about historical stuff in the game, shoot me a note. So I sent him a note last night and I said, do you know when scramble started? This is what he sent me. He said, the format appears to have originated in the 1930s in the United States as something called captain's choice, yeah. best of the four shots, all play from there. He said, I couldn't find anything immediately about a date that it started or a place, but he said the format became so popular in Texas during the 1950s that it is now known to a lot of people as the Texas scramble. And of course, there's plenty of variations. I actually just played in one poor app called the stepped scramble. Have you played in that before? No. What was it? What'd you say it was? Stepped, stepped uh. scramble. It's my favorite format, by the way, that I've ever played. So if you and I are on the team and you hit the tee shot and we take your tee shot, you cannot be a part of the second shot. So you oh, basically have to step out of the way and not hit it. So there's more strategy involved because if your best player hits a big tee shot, like then in theory, your best player is not able to hit the wedge shot. So maybe you're going to take a tee shot that's 150 yards versus one that's 90 yards so that the A player, if you will, can hit the shot in. Was it four or two people? Four people. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Two would be a little you <laughs> two, know, challenging. Two. You're basically just, yeah, playing like alt shot there at that point almost, close to it. Two would be like when when Tiger last year shot a worse ball. What was it, like 61 <laughs> yes, or whatever it was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I have heard that captain's choice. Stephen Proctor is much smarter. I'm glad he provided some color on why it is. But like every now and then I play too many of these damn things. Um, 
that there'll be one that's particularly haughty and they'll just say, you know, the, the format today is captain's choice and everyone looks around and scrambles and they have to clarify <laughs> that, you know, it's a scramble. It's like, can you just start from that point? That's what it's ubiquitously known as now. But anyways, yeah, I have heard captain's choice. It's the business casual of golf terms where yeah. you see on the wedding invite. I'm like, I don't know what this means. Can you right. just post a picture of what I should wear? Right. Is it sweater? <laughs> is it tie? Is it jacket? No tie. Just right. send me a photo of the outfit that I need to match up with, and I'll wear that to your event. But terminology doesn't typically land for me. Right, exactly. It's like that. Uh, I think the live first live draft party was like European casual or something. So like, ridiculous. you know, but what does that mean? Of it, like, there's all sorts like. Yeah, your pants need term. to be tapered. <laughs> Where do we go after that? But yeah, uh, captain's choice. All right. So here's my first question to you. And this is basically, I think, what the entire podcast is going to be. But I'm asking you this question, and I'll give you my answer on the back end. Are scrambles good? Man, such a big like question here. I, honestly, a big theory. Yes, they're good. I think you started what in your intro, you're like uh, one of the uh, forms of golf or most fun. I don't I forget what you said of golf. I would say like, it's, it's, it's not totally golf, right? It's not really golf. You right. can have your own golf and you can also have scrambles and you can enjoy both. And I wrote about this a little bit. Like when I came back from Scotland, it was like the people in Scotland have as much a right of anyone to tell you exactly how golf should be, but they're least interested in doing so. Right. You can play with, you know, hickories, you could walk, you can, you know, there was, elderly folks and like motorized carts and you could just put it from tea to green. Like they don't care more or less most of the time. And so like, I think golf is a large umbrella of things. It can mean a lot of different things. If you're a, you know, plus five handicap, who's worried about competing in amateur high level amateur events, like it's probably not golf to you, but I still think it's probably worth your time to dabble in. And so I think it's a good thing understanding that it should not be your exclusive or predominant or majority way of which you play, but it's a great thing to do. Like scrambles more often than not are going to be for, for like a cause. Right. And that cause varies. I've played in ones this fall that were for like, you know, special needs kids, like assisted right. living homes seems worthwhile. It's a great cause. Other ones are probably like, so like the AU team can have a fourth pair of Jordans. You don't <laughs> necessarily know where it's the eight-year-olds can have, you know, the best equipment in this, that, or the other, but they're for a cause. You are not working. You are on a golf course. You are most often with friends or new acquaintances you might meet. You are often uh, having adult beverages. Like it is not a bad thing. And to be upset or critical about it seems sort of just being too uptight. Now, if you wanted to, yeah, I just don't think it should be a predominant or majority form of golf, of course. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're good. And one of the uh, one of the things I tasked you with and tasked myself with is writing down our five favorite parts of scrambles and our five least favorite parts of golf scrambles. So since we're being positive right here, you and I, very positive human beings all the time, I figure we'll start here positively. And I'm going to start. So when I'm thinking about my five favorite parts of golf scrambles, and we've hit a little on it, but the, the number one part of it is the camaraderie, right? You mentioned it. You're playing for charity. And, and I would urge people, if you're not a big scramble person, to poor ass point, dive a little deeper into what you're playing for. Because last year I got invited to play, and you said it. It was some private high school here in the Northeast, yeah. which they don't need money. They yeah. don't need me playing golf for, for their 
they're they're really really nice bus you know to to shuttle yeah. them over to the really nice course they're gonna play so the band's say- got to go to italy and you know and then you know <laughs> the spring so here yeah but yeah i we, know what you're saying we need the supreme and the tank and not <laughs> yeah. regular so let's make sure we get a little bit more money but my number one thing my favorite part of scrambles number one is camaraderie i almost always play scrambles especially when i was living in arizona with my friends and playing this type of format with your buddies is fun it's just different and it's fun and you normally have a lot of fun playing as a group and i think in golf you don't typically get that especially schmucks like us aren't going to play a lot of Ryder cup president's cup style golf so this is one of the few times you get to play like team level event yes i completely agree i had this as one of my five um and this is not a um sort of a talking point of a you know to side of put a cloak over a payment to playing live golf like we've heard so much about team golf i joined it for the team like it's a change of pace golf. We do not get to play much team golf. There's obviously sort of a, a partnership, a strategy of who goes first, who puts it in what spot. Um, and, and I just love that. And, and like, it, it kind of focuses you in a different way, right? It's just, it's like you said, a different, it's a change of pace. And I love, love, love the team aspect, even if it's not totally like your good friends. A, a lot of times you organize a foursome and you kind of, you can work on roster construction here, which we'll get to in a minute. But like, <laughs> A lot of times, sometimes it's new acquaintances and like you can kind of jumpstart a, I don't know, maybe it's a business relationship that comes out of it. Maybe it's a further friendship. Maybe like I've had, I've paired guys together who didn't know each other and walked off the course, like loving it because you're playing a form of golf that, that I would say promotes further, you know, companionship and camaraderie. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions in our sport in golf is that best ball is a team format. Best ball is not a team format. It's a a team score. You have a best score. But so many times, and I fall into this a lot, I did this back in the day when I was playing those four ball qualifiers a lot with my buddy Ashton, is like you're leaning on them to do something. It's all about what you're doing and what you're scoring. Like nothing they do really matters to your game. In Scramble, Scramble is one of the few places that it actually is a team, you know, that an alternate shot where it really matters what the other people are doing to either hurt or benefit your golf game and your score. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like the best ball, like where, where does that really come into play? Like Cajun, like putting first or like, like there's some strategy, of which course. almost screw, it almost always screws up the team anyway. Right. It's right. like, let me put right. this four footer and then they miss it. You leave it three feet short. You miss it. You're like, what the hell are we doing anyway? Let's just play our own game, you know? Right. Exactly. And like, We'll get to it in a minute, but Scrabble's like, the stakes can be whatever you want them to be, right? It can be a fun day. You should probably go with low expectations that you're not going to win, and we'll get to reasons why in, in a little bit. But, like, try to get on your horse and post a bunch of birdies. And and so, like, just the the sort of push and pull of working together for that is, is a big one for me that's positive. Uh, another one of my favorite parts about Scrambles, and this is a new age one for me, poor F. And it's kind of a random one, riding in a golf cart. So I never ride in golf carts anymore. I mean, I am walking, I'd say 95% of my rounds, if not higher, up here in the Northeast. They was walking in Arizona, but it's way more prominent and prevalent up here in the Northeast. So I am never in a golf cart. I don't necessarily miss riding in a cart, but when I am in a cart, it's fun. Like, I've got the cool cigar clip that, like, holds Mm -hmm. a cigar in place. You get your speaker, you have your rangefinder clipped, you know, to the golf cart. You got to see all the benefits of the stuff you have that you rarely use anymore when you're using a carry bag. So for me, one of my favorite parts of playing in a scramble is just the randomness of riding in a golf cart. 
Yeah. I mean, this is all like the purists here are like clenching their fists in anger. But again, like you have to understand and approach the day as if this is not like your typical golf right. round. We're not claiming this is the purest art form the pure purest form of golf like it's more of like a party with a little bit of golf and hanging outside uh, as a part of it for usually for a good cause and yes like you kind of have to be in carts because you're kind of you're rarely you know you're jumping to and fro and trying to get to the best shot um and yes you, you fill up the basket with a cooler usually uh you have music going and you're just kind of your own little traveling party with golf shots in between um again uh not some way you want to play the game predominantly. And you said 95%. I usually walk. Uh, obviously like that promotes a lot of sort of camaraderie with the people you're with walking. There's all that conversation in between shots, but it's not always practical for this. Yeah. Cart cart. It's, it's an acceptable part of the part of the scramble. Or I've hit me with one of your favorite parts. Um, This is a little different. And people usually say, people say this might be a bad one. I found the, pressure of going last or the pressure of needing to get a good shot kind of focusing for okay. me um i'm not a great golfer i won't pretend to be a good golfer but i also am not like a serious golfer so a lot of times i get in these rounds and i'm just playing right i don't think about my swing i don't always think about my shot as much as i should I don't think about like, I need to do this. I really need to do this. Um, like, of course I get frustrated and bad if I hit a bad shot, but I found like, I, I, sometimes I'm the best golfer in my group and we're probably in trouble if that's the case. But like, I found if we're not in a good spot or we don't have a drive out there and I'm going last, like I found it focusing and, and I'm not suggesting I'm a clutch player, but I've found myself like coming through in a way that, um, I don't know. Maybe it focuses me a little bit more. So I, I kind of enjoy the pressure of, of, or a little bit of added stakes of coming through for partners, as opposed to just um, sort of the wandering, playing your own ball by yourself and losing focus. Yeah. Like the whole, you know, the whole phrase and mantra in golf right now of like, nobody cares what you shot and nobody cares yeah. how you finished. I mean, I, I laugh about this a lot because I come home and I tell my wife golf stories when I play tournament golf and I know she's not listening. Like I'm aware yeah. <laughs> that she doesn't give a shit about what I'm talking right. about. It's, it's almost the person I'm going to talk with is the person I'm closest with. And she's going to hear about my experiences throughout the day. And maybe a couple things hit home, but I'm understanding just as much as she's understanding. She doesn't care. The fun part about being clutch in a scramble is everyone in your group is thus excited of what you were able to do. Nobody's in the fairway or hits a drive in the fairway. Now everybody's pumped up for you. I agree with yeah. you. It's a little bit of that going back to the team part of golf. You, you don't nobody outside of your caddy. If you have a caddy, right. nobody cares what happened. Nobody does. Maybe right. your parents, maybe your best friend might care a little bit, but in the scramble format, I feel like everybody is so fired up when there's not a ball on the green, you're last to go and you hit it 12 feet. Yeah. And it makes you, it makes me a little bit more uh, frustrated or angry when I can't do it. And, and like, I, I feel like more often than not, it feels like it does focus me. And I, I come through probably more often than I would if I was just kind of, Playing a lawn by myself. So, so I, I've got a really random one here. It's one of my yeah. favorite parts of scrambles. And uh, this is a rule I have later in the podcast for things to do or to bring to a scramble. Um, I bring a football every time I play a scramble with me, especially for riding in carts. But even if we're uh -huh. doing push carts, I bring a Frisbee or a football because we're going to get to this in the worst part. Scrambles are not a fast, I've got a that. fast yeah. way to play golf. Nope. It's very, very, very slow. 
I don't throw footballs around that much anymore. I'm 39 years old. You know, like we don't really do the Turkey bowl anymore. It's like, that's not a thing. That was a thing we did when we were 28. And I think we'll bring it back maybe when I'm 50, but kids are too young. The Turkey bowl doesn't exist. So throwing a football is fun. And I bring a football and we do it to kill the time between shots. I love that. I didn't think, I mean, that's a great one. I might incorporate that in in my own sort of routine. That makes so much sense. It just kind of keeps you active and, and, doing something in between shots because it is slow, slow yeah i was slow playing uh was playing a scramble at papago in phoenix years ago second hole threw the football to my buddy brady threw it like eight yards over his head directly into a cactus and that was the end of the <laughs> football it. for the day like it that. made it one hole so it didn't have a long run in that scramble but typically we get a little bit uh, a little bit longer of a, a relationship with the pigskin when we get it out there so give me another one of yours um, I mean, this is a basic general theme. I just like that. It's a low stakes fun day. And nice. I kind of t- hit on this at the top of like, it just, it's a change of pace, right? It's not your, um, I, I, I've talked about the pressure of wanting to come through, but like, you understand it's not a club championship. You're not trying to qualify for something. You're not trying to, um, more often than not, it's not going to be the best course in the world you've played, right? It's not like this treat of a day that you get to experience an amazing club or architecturally significant course. So it's like, and sometimes on those, like you kind of knuckle down or you kind of over knuckle, right? You overcompensate for wanting to hit everything, but this is just a low stakes deal. And um, like the party and and the cause is sort of the priority and it's the change of pace. So it's, I like, that's a little bit of a low stakes fun, fun day at, at the priority. You, you know what's weird is I agree with you on the golf course thing. I got a whole bunch of people on Instagram and Twitter that responded to me asking for stories and questions that said, you're breaking up an opportunity to play a great course. Like that, I never get those invites. I never, no. I never get like a top 20 course in the country invite to go play scramble golf. Well, like, here's the thing about the scrambles. Like they're, they're these things for charities, they're going to be for causes. Like they're not making money on the golfer, right? right? right. Like the margin there is not going to be significant maybe it's 20 bucks maybe it's 50 bucks a golfer if they're holding it at like let's just say wing foot or something and they're gonna have to charge like the golfer like a lot of money at a prestigious club just to get in the door then they're going to be less inclined to spend the money that sponsor the tea sponsor the here's 10 grand to be the platinum sponsor from the like that's where these things make their money that's rarely on the golfer it's on the getting you you know, a little, you know, a little liquored up and spending money on this contest and that, and then sponsoring the program and the lunch and the, that's where these things actually, you know, raise money. It's not the margin on the golfer is minimal. So it's kind of counterintuitive to do it at some really fancy place. We'll have to charge you just to get on. And you just, you just hit on another one of the favorite parts of scrambles. Typically it's free drinks, which, uh, you know, every golfers love. Everybody likes free stuff, especially consumption stuff. The food is, you know, it's going to be burgers or hot dogs or something that's just sitting out in, you know, a, like a cafeteria style serving situation, but the drinks out on the golf course in the coolers, who doesn't like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, on the negative side of that, can I just jump to negative? The swag bags are all time. Oh, like never, ever, my, ever. I have that on my list right. too. Just Terrible. like we're talking about the free drinks, the free swag that comes with these, like are rarely ever useful. I, I've been kind of put in adjacent charge of one for my kid's school and like they come to me like should we get them the you know the bad golf balls or the clip on towel i was like just give them something that has a chance to like be of utility more than like twice and it's usually like a 
like a, a tumbler. Of course, it's like a knockoff tumbler of some like right. pop a drink, like something like that, that that'll give you a chance. But yes, the swag bag, like the free drinks are much more valuable than whatever, like the swag bag you're usually getting, typically getting. And you mentioned the clip on towel. You know, the only places in the world you see that size towel are in swag bags that scrambles in the quarterback. Like they're right. the same size towel the quarterbacks use in the NFL. Right. Who yeah. uses those towels on their golf bag? Nobody. Right. Nobody right. clips that little like, and they're always branded right with either yeah. the company that's putting the insurance. It on. Yeah. It, like Cisco, you know, it's like Cisco's yeah. on it. Like I'm not using the Cisco towel <laughs> that has the clip. Like if you use a clip towel, it is a dead giveaway that you play golf about three times a year. This gets back to like our caddying days. I knew you caddied. I caddied for about like a decade or so. It was like a Lord of the Flies situation with the towel. Like whoever had the best <laughs> towel was like the king of the king of the castle. Like you had the right. cons, right? You always going for the blue stripe. And if like you sum up like towel, I don't know, priority was always a big one. And you rarely, if you were a caddy who had knew anything than what you were doing, you're not coming with some like quarterback dinky thing. Yeah. And also out if you're one that does the clip on towel out there, and I really hope you don't if you're listening to this podcast, don't have like three towels clipped onto your bag. I always just killed yeah, me when trouble. you had the person that you know had clipped like three scramble towels on their yeah. bag uh going to one of my favorite parts and my last favorite part yeah i think scrambles bring out the best recap conversations oh, and i mean yeah. after after the round drive home having a drink after you know sometimes they have the banquet you know for the silent auction things but when you have the convo about your round of golf you're talking about yourself. So it's almost like a selfish conversation. The recap combo about the scramble, especially if you play well, those are electric. Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, I was going to say like the banter afterwards and sometimes that's needling the whoever won for cheating, which is like always a thing, right? Like you cheated. <laughs> like there's just a little fun to get in. But the the recap rounds, and I'll, I'll add this as one of my favorite is like, and it, it sort of dovetails with camaraderie, is like you're going to have a person often that doesn't play a lot of golf, isn't comfortable playing golf, might not be comfortable playing golf with you, and they're going to come through. Right. So, I mean, occasionally maybe they won't, and that's just dire. Um, I played with a guy most recently who had the Nike Sasquatch, the, the I think Ernie the Els. The tingy one? Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. squared off. Uh, Ernie Els called it like when uh, KJ Choi won in Tampa, he called the tuna can on the end of a stick, you yeah. know, and that, that was bad. Like he, he actually, I'm pretty sure like off the tee, never, never, ever did anything. But often, even like the really high handicap will like connect on a wedge, will make a putt, will hit a drive that you use. And I think there's something like you there's something, I don't know, valuable in that. I, it's not like I'm not saying it's growing the game in any way, shape, or form, but it's <laughs> making someone who does not like golf or probably doesn't natural to golf have a moderately enjoyable day and an enjoyable moment and a day that's low stakes for them, right? It's not a slog for them. They don't have to worry about hitting every shot well. And that becomes part of that recap conversation that you're talking about. Like, hey, uh, Steve, like, how about that shot you hit on five? Like, that was amazing. Thank you. you know, like, there's a there's a recap of the day, um, both good and bad, that I think you don't get necessarily, where, where no one cares. Like, it's a solo pursuit and no one cares what you shot. 
Yeah, I mean, I would put that in my favorite part is when you're last to go and the bad player makes the putt. God, that's an amazing feeling. Like, oh, yeah. you know, when you it's like a tough putt, it's like an eight footer that slides. You're just sitting there knowing you're going to putt last and just thinking, I really don't want to have to hit this putt. And the awful player that you said has the Sasquatch driver yeah. makes it with like the nubbins putter. And you're just like, thank <laughs> all the heavens. I don't have to hit this putt. Thank God. Right. And and like, that's the other thing. You just got to make sure everybody... You really, I, I don't know, not to the point of being, you know, a soccer mom type thing or soccer dad, like you can't have like the jerk who's sort of making that person feel uncomfortable. Right. Cause I've had that too, like play with like a, a father-in-law who's like old guy, right? He's like in his eighties and he's just like, those people tell you what they think, no matter what. And this guy like, wasn't really helping us. And we were playing another one, like, oh, we're playing again on Monday. I was like, well, I hope they find a new partner who does more than you. I was like, this guy's <laughs> got like this guy's got like seven holes left for us to like like now he's already probably not super comfortable. Right. You just gotta like kind of mind your P's and Q's about those people, you know, and because they can they can bring value. And obviously it's a great personal enjoyment when they do come through. And they will, they will, like it happens. Uh, I will I will throw this under one of my favorite parts of scrambles too. It wasn't on my list, but I was just thinking about it. And this is like just a personal favorite part. But when bad golfers read the putts first, God, it makes me so happy. And, you know, <laughs> reading greens is awful. I mean, hell, Max last year, you know, when he switched, you know, when he's when he switched to um, whatever the hell it's called, aim point. You know, he was saying that he felt like he was a bad green reader, right? Of course, I mean that's yeah. perspective wise, one of the sure. best players in the world. But you know, you get like the the D player reading the putt. And I mean, it's just like not, it's not even close. Like it breaks the other way. It's twice as much break as he thought it broke one way, you know, and just to like be able to listen to that as a player and go. And again, I mean, it takes a, it takes a level of understanding the player, like not to be an asshole when you go, actually, you know, I think this slope over here is going to bring it right. You know, not to just go, no, that was a real shitty read, bro. Yeah. You really got to be, you really got to be diplomatic. I would say like you are obviously in the very 99.9 percentile of people who like understand how to play the game. Right. And can also play the game between your caddy and, and your just life in the sport. I would say I've, I'm not 99.9. I'm like 99, like caddy for 10 years. I can probably tell you we want to be from this spot with, right, I know right. how to read greens quite pretty well, like whatever, as for a middling amateur, not a pro. Uh, but it's like you get the guy who sucks, who also is a know-it-all, who wants to like impose, like refuses to, un- and you can't be, you can't be overbearing with that stuff. Right, right? Right. You can't be subtle. You're like, um, I think we should take this one over here because it's not like two and a half feet below our, the ball's not two and a <laughs> half feet below our feet and you're a 12 handicap and you have no chance. Um, Like you have to be subtle, but occasionally you get the guy in the group who really is not good enough, doesn't know enough about the game. And doesn't know as much as you. And you kind of have to navigate that. And you have to be subtle. Or they're like, there's the guy who runs up and just puts it and nobody's there. Oh. Like, that happens a lot. This is You're usually the same person. Yes. The person who knows it all and wants to be like the sort of captain and, and, and knows how to play and knows which way of every break. But they really don't. And we should definitely take this one that's like from an awful like spot, right? And has <laughs> no chance to make this, this angle. Right. But like but it's like 20 yards closer. It's like, yeah, but you we're not getting it close. And they just go and hit or like it's often happens on the green. And it's just like the guy just putts and like wax it. And it's like, all right, I know it's low stakes, but can like you wait for us to get there? And like, can we talk about it for like a second? So, so that guy, and they're usually the same person. That person is like the, the overbearing uh, sort of, uh, I, I don't know, strategizer. 
Yeah, the hurry up and wait golfers, one of my favorite yeah. guys. You know, it's right. like, let's go fast. And you're like, yeah, but we're going to be waiting for 20 minutes upcoming. Do you have any more favorite parts before we move on to our worst favorite, our worst parts? I think uh, I'm good. All right, I'm sure we have the same number one on this, the cheating. We're going to get yeah. into this in a little bit, sure. ways to fix cheating and scrambles. But every response on Twitter had the word cheating in it. Seems to be basically synonymous with the word scramble. Yeah, it's it's and I um just from where I my orbit is um I play a lot of like Catholic school Catholic charities out and I always come in and start shouting at these unscrupulous damn Catholics and I'm a Catholic <laughs> so I can like make fun of it and it's like you, you lie left and right you know and so uh yeah the, the cheating it's oh yeah we shot like 53 you know it's just it's a little chaotic yeah and, and the che- and the cheating goes and that's the key point here though is cheating and scrambles goes well beyond the scoring. It's the gimme putts. It's the guy that hits the putt and says, good if it goes, even though you already you know you're going to take the 10-footer and he's 30 feet away. I played a scramble years ago with this dad of a buddy of mine. Every hole, dude, every hole, he would hit his putt. And, you know, good if it's going, he's like at his flip-flops, hit his putt. And it's just infuriating because you know if he makes it, if he just happens to make it, you know he's going to argue that we should write down the three, and I don't want to be a part of that bullshit, man. Like, yeah, this ball's 10 feet away. We're taking the 10-footer. We're not taking yours from 30 feet. Just pick it up. Right. That's, like, where you get it, and this is, like, dovetails into another one I don't like. Um, the gimmicks of of a of a scramble, like, all the extras they bring in. I have this in, on mine as well. A lot of this is, like, again, to raise money. It's where you, you shell out $20 for, <laughs> again, not to bring the religious part, absolution package, which is like a mulligans and this, that, and the other. Like the mulligans, like just get out of control. Yep. And I think that's where the cheating becomes rampant. Is like you used your five mulligans, dude. Like you've we've used them, but like you just keep putting over and over. Or let me throw one down, and hit another wedge. Like no, 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 that's like mulligan seven. Like, and then like he hits it to five feet, and everybody's like, all right, let's just keep going. And like that's I would say where the cheating comes in is like. These gimmicks, there's too many mulligans. Um, like at some point it becomes, I know it's not pure golf, but at some point it becomes like barely golf. Like I don't even know right. what I'm doing right now. Where am I? Like, and it overburdens the, the strategy of it. Like I'm talking about mulligan usage. I'm talking about strings. I don't know if you know, you know the string yeah, thing. Yeah, like yeah. you hit it to, it's a six foot string and you hit it to six feet on a, on a part three. It's a hole in one. It counts as if it went in. And like, it's just a, it's just nonsense. You like are carrying the string around all day and you got to like, where do you use it? And I made a hole in one. Like, well, you hit it to like six feet and you had, or the throwies is what they call it's them. Terrible. Throw them. Um, like T buster where you're like one person, each person in the group can go to the most forward T or whatever. There's the, the potato gun, the hot shot cannon. And like, some of these are more acceptable than others. I would say that one's like okay because again, you don't you have a lot of like not golfers and they're just there to have fun and they get to that tee and they want to launch that baby off the potato gun. Um, mulligans, I suppose you have to have, but like you just have to limit it because it becomes so like confusing. Like I'm barely playing golf now, and like, are we supposed to be using this? Should we use this now? <laughs> and then and it just becomes like just too much. Like let's just play a little bit of golf. So that's that's a negative. You're gonna you're gonna wrap you're gonna wrap the string around your neck by about fourteen. Right. Like, I'm done right. with this bullshit. Um, right. What's I have gimmicks on mine. I think that's the longest uh, graph I wrote on my sheet on my note sheet. Which ones do you have? I also one more. 
there was like an like every group gets an orange ball and you rotate it off the tee yeah. and if you come in with it like you can't lose you get it points right you get, yeah you get a raffle or something so you're hitting some like dunlop like shitty orange ball <laughs> like every fourth hole you know <laughs> and like you're just like want to throw it in the water on the second like do we need to do this like let's well, just it's my it's my ticket master rule just charge me more for the tickets man like right. i don't want to know that it's a hundred dollars in fees and same thing for the scrambles charge us a little more off the top. I don't want to have any mulligans. I don't want any of the gimmicky stuff out on the course. I wrote down two of the goofiest ones I've run into over the years. I was playing in a scramble years ago. We got to 18 and it was a hickory hole, Brendan, but they didn't have a lefty hickory. All three of the guys, all three of the guys in my group hit it in the water. So I'm a lefty. I had to turn it over. Because I was like, what do I do? And the guy's like, well, it's a hickory hole. You got to hit hickory. I had to turn the driver over and like butt one out like 50 (laughs) yards left of the fairway just to get it in place so we can play it. So (laughs) stupid. I mean, at least have one lefty club for God's sake. Well, like, and then we were. That's super counterintuitive because you're making it harder for like a lot of people who aren't of your skill level. Like the potato gun, like whatever, it's stupid. But the auto hole in one's one of my least favorites. That's, I hate that. You know, like, like pay a hundred bucks, you get an auto hole in one on a par four. So if you are competitive, you have to pay, which again, it's going to charity, it's fine, but just take Uh, the money off the front and then I have to worry about it on the back end. And then I played in one one time that we actually won that was. It was like a three-point line. They brought a basketball hoop out there, and it was three shots. And if you make a three, it's a shot off your score. Again, what are we doing here? What's the crossover nature of this? <laughs> are there any that you like that you've come to, like you don't mind that? Like it just, for me, it just so. like becomes too much. And <laughs> right? like, like the scramble enough is like enough of a departure from golf, right? Let's just keep it like that. The one I will say, and again, this is always, they're always looking to get, get a little extra money. This is where they actually make the money on the event. Getting a far field from scrambles here is they put out like a mat down or there's a teeing ground, like off the back patio. And they do like a lawn drive contest That's smart. after everybody's been drinking all day. Everybody's eating, auctioning. <laughs> and like, it's like 20 bucks, 50 bucks to hit one. And they've got the assistant pro out there and the pros with the radar gun. And like, all of a sudden you make like a quick five grand so if you're doing like your own outing out there i would recommend seeing if you can get that because you got you know there's the the testosterone contest kicks in and guys have been drinking and they just all of a sudden pay 50 bucks to hit drives off the back patio to you know somewhere down the 18th that's the one that it's enjoyable and and i like and to your point that's smart and if you're setting up a scramble or if you're in charge of a scramble if you're gonna have the gimmick stuff don't have it associated with the actual scramble either have it where it's a three hole putting deal to start yep. on the putting green or have it after in long drive or closest to the hole, but don't add it in again. We already are keeping up with enough crap. Yeah. 20 bucks to, on this putting contest as you come through the turn or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where are you at with drive minimums? What are your thoughts on the drive minimum thing with scrambles? Um, this is a good one. I, I kind of think, I kind of think you should do it. I agree. I, I think like everybody, maybe it's just one, you know, I, I, I think everybody, I mean, one's a very low bar, right? (laughs) Very low bar. But yes, I think everybody's drive should be used um, at least once or else you get the guy who's a plus five that's just like pounding it, you know, and you're using it, I don't know, 15 out of 18 times, maybe 18 out of 18 times. And then you figure it out from there. And it's like, what's what's the point of us even being here for? um, I, I just think like, 
there are ways to still be competitive and not be a disaster and have everybody's drive used, even if it's a par three or whatever. So if you and I were going to put down our scramble notes right now, it would be no gimmicks. If you're going to gimmick us up, just do it when we're not playing the actual scramble. It would be drive minimum. And, I, and I'm a little bit I'm a little bit heftier than you. I mean, I think it's three a person. Like, I think it should be serious number. Or yeah. if you do one a person, it should be no par threes. Because, again, you know, blind squirrel on a par three hits right. it to 20 feet. You're going to take that no matter what, right? But I love the drive minimum because, again, I think so much strategy plays into it. And early into the round, you want to take the guy that hits at 350, right? Because you want to get the birdies flowing. But early in the round, if the D player dribbles one, you know, 145 off the tee and the hole's 300 yards, you should at least consider that. So I love that there's a little bit more strategy than just let's take the best shot and go from there. Where, so this gets to a separate topic. Where do you think like the most value is for like having a good player in your group? Uh, in a scramble because I know what I would say I can go ahead first if you want yeah but like having played with good players college golfers and then not like I think it's absolutely the wedges like that's the entire difference it's it maybe it's like maybe a little bit beyond wedge like nine but it's like you're always going to probably be you know 75 to 130 correct and when you have a four guys who are say eight so eight handicaps, the lowest, like, there's just going to be a lot of like, you know, scrambling not to use no pun intended to like make par like birdies are much harder to come by. The most value a good player lens is like with wedges, getting it on the green for the easy par and, you know, often getting it, you know, four birdie, real birdie putts. In my opinion, what and I and I totally agree with you. And one of my big arguments in scrambles that have mulligans, and I argue all the time with my crew about this is to use a mulligan on like a 20 foot birdie putt is stupid. You know I mean? I you look totally at agree. PGA yeah. tour percentage from 20 yeah. feet is very, very low, but if I'm last to hit, so like we're on a team poor F and I'm last to hit and we have 85 yards, you know, like I love wedge shots. I mean, it's my favorite part of golf is hitting the shots. We're talking about really like the scramble money makers, that hundred yard shot, 90 yard shot, 80 yard shot, or even if you're closer where the better player is going to be more comfortable and the higher handicap is going to be less comfortable. Let me hit the shot again. I just hit a shot. I just got the feel how I hit it obviously didn't hit it the way I wanted it for 20 25 feet away but let me take the mulligan now because I feel way more comfortable getting that thing to 10 feet than I do one of us making a 25 footer yeah that's always the value where for me like I wish we had a good player than me just trying to like I don't have distance control and I don't you know and I don't have accuracy and and like if you have a good player and I maybe the data guys would disagree with this that you should use it on putts but I always feel like the mulligans on putts, it's like, this is like a one in 20. Like it's just, and we just took four and it's, we're probably not going to do it again. Whereas, and also when you burn mulligans and just keep missing the putt, it feels way more deflating. Yes. The wedge, like, all right, now it's not a chip from the rough. It's a, you know, it's a 15 footer and maybe you don't make it, but you two putt for par. And like, it's just less deflating knowing that what happened between that mulligan usage, the original shot and the last, whereas both if you miss both putts, it's like, you know, you miss both putts, you know, you miss both putts. Whereas the wedge is like, we are in a much better spot. Yeah. And and I also don't think it's stupid to take them on drivable holes because again, I mean, I think if you're talking about places to pick up shots in scrambles, it's going to be short par fours. If you have a guy that can drive the greens or obviously reachable par fives. And I mean, you got to really be thinking in scrambles. Can we make Eagle here? You know, I actually, I don't want to bring it back to Max, but I remember talking to, to his caddy one time and Max about the mentality on going for it in par fives. 
And I remember Max telling me the only time they really go for it in par fives, if they feel like they can make Eagle, right? I can mm -hmm. hit this on the green, but I'm still going to two putt for birdie and I can make birdie with a wedge, but all of a sudden it brings six or seven in. Let's lay it back and hit a wedge up there and give ourselves a 10, 12 footer for birdie. But there's no reason to try to rip three wood into a risky area. If we don't have a real chance to get this, if the best shot doesn't give us a realistic look for Eagle. Yeah. And this I'll go back. Sorry. We're jumping around. This is one of my best parts. The scramble yields. I didn't have this written down often. Like, for middle in players, like some of the best shots they'll ever hit because right. they're not like they're doing things, they're trying things they might not. Now, are they going to pull it off most of the time? No, but like, I don't know. My best shot of the year is I drove the green on a like, I drove it to two feet on like a 330 yard hole. And like, cause we were out in the fairway, like, and I didn't hit it like whatever. I cut a corner and it just ran. And I two putted, I, I putted from two feet, barely, barely snuck it in for <laughs> Eagle. And like, this happens a lot, whether it's going for the green in two, with um you know a, a middle in player going for the green in two and, and maybe he pulls off that fairway wood out of his butt that he never does but it like he's trying it when he probably wouldn't or a lot of times he wouldn't so like a good thing is it does yield a lot of like extremely memorable shots for players who you know don't hit a ton of good shots or, or paying off a good shot i mean i'm right. with you like there's so much positivity in a scramble group, if your best player hits a great shot and your worst player makes the putt, because now everybody feels like they were really involved. And again, that evening when the guy that's the worst player gets home, he can tell his wife or his friends, hey, I made a 10-footer for Eagle. And while it might not have been his approach that set up the Eagle, he capped off a great hole or a great score. And that is fulfilling. Like, those yeah. are the moments you take away from golf because it's such a, a game that beats you up so often. We don't have that that often. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any more bad uh, bad parts about it? You alluded to it. We don't need to say much more. Pace of play is just a total Terrible. disaster. Terrible. I have that down. Like yep. A complete, complete disaster. And you know it going in. And you, there's like very little you can do about it. The, again, the priority is not pace of play. The priority is to get as many bodies out there as they will allow. Often that is maxed out. Sometimes it's not. But even when it's not maxed out, it's going to be slow. And I don't know, five and a half sometimes six God. And for like a scramble, you just think it shouldn't be that way. Right. You're playing, you know, you should be playing faster. You just, you're shooting like 60, right. And it, you know, that you just think it should operate faster. Right. Cause you're moving on and not everybody may be putting out, but you have to know you're in for at least a five hour day. Yeah. The, one of the only, only other things I wrote down, and this is not really a me thing, but I saw a lot of people mention this and I totally understand their point is not counting your score. Again, we said most of the scrambles we've played on have not been at great golf courses, but if you do happen upon a scramble, that's a nice place. It is a bit of a bummer not to be able to count your score. If you're only going to play the place once, not something I get up in arms about. I don't really care if my number makes it on the gin or not. I mean, especially yeah. if I'm playing in that type of format, but I can understand if you're a twice a month golfer and you're going to play one of those as a scramble, then obviously you don't have anything to really show for it unless you guys go out there and win. Well, yeah. I mean, this is a larger sort of theoretical discussion <laughs> about Americans being obsessed, obsessed with, with their handicap. Yeah. Just score <laughs> and the, the value, the point of golf being a number at the end of it, you know, that's a larger, larger theoretical yes. discussion that I've, you know, we talk about quite often versus Scotland of just walking and being out there and, and, hitting shots and memories of those shots as opposed to American obsession with always having a score at the end. One of my, uh, one of my favorite moments is when you're playing with someone and it's, and it's a best ball match and you make a score that either wins or ties a hole and they have a putt that doesn't matter. They hit the putt, they miss it. And then they still count the score that they were going to count that they made it. You're like, this is like legitimately the definition of wasting daylight. Yeah, exactly.
we're moving on to fixing cheating for app. Yeah. We are going to fix scramble cheating here. Of all the responses we got on this, cheating was mentioned in almost every comment, every message, everything we got. Cheating follows scrambles along like Stevie used to follow Tiger around. So let's try to fix cheating. Do you have anything on your notes or in your brain that you think could help this situation and make scrambles feel less like the winner cheats? Which, by the way, everybody that's played in every scramble in the history of scrambles, if you didn't win, you thought the winner cheated, which is yeah. also a problem. Yeah, I mean, that that's another thing. Like, if you're good at these, just try to avoid winning, you know, multiples in a row. If this is one thing that you show up to year over year, same general group. Like, I know a couple that I play every year. Like, the same foursome is always, like, one or two. And, right. like, you should just not do that because... Because <laughs> um, it's a charity a scramble. Yeah, right. and also, like, the presumption is the top of the board cheated and it's not a good look. Um, I'm not saying, like, it's a different thing than sandbagging, you know, which is also... You know, you get if you're always at the top of those net events at your club, you're going to get those allegations. But just try to avoid that because everyone assumes you cheated. Getting rid of cheating. Um, I'd say getting rid of mulligans is a start. Yep, I had right? that as well. We talked about that as earlier. It just seems like a place where folks really shade in gray, right? They add a couple onto their, you know, until they get, till they make the putt, until they hit the shot that's acceptable to them. Getting rid of mulligans. I have get I have getting rid of mulligans as well. I have one that I think would would work quickly and helpful to anybody even doing one of these tournaments as well. Hey guys, don't post the scores until everybody's cards are turned in. I don't understand yeah. why you would post scores before yeah. all the cards are turned in. We all know the group that sits in the back of the room and then posts their card. Just wait. Wait till you have 20 cards from 20 groups, and then you write down the scores. Yeah, like maybe if you're worried about time, just get like a cheat sheet for yourself, and then you can transpose that really quickly to yeah. the larger board, and you know, you don't have to do calligraphy or do all that stuff <laughs> if you, for us. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. I, you really got to be part of my French a shithead if you yeah. sit in the back and watch them write I've seen stuff it. on the board. Really? Yes. I bet that happens. I just never thought people would be like that low. I mean, what, let's talk about like, what are the stakes? What are you winning from some of these things? Like, uh, here's $100 in credit. Did you here's see that trophy I DM'd you? <laughs> yes. Terrible trophy. <laughs> like, probably people are going to look askance at you anyways, thinking you cheated. Like, maybe like 100 bucks to spend. And like, that's great. Now you can buy a couple more, you know, dozen golf balls. But like, the stakes are rarely... <laughs> significant enough and i'm not saying stakes should you know the end justifies the means ever even if you're trying to get through q school or whatever but like the stakes certainly are never high enough and i can't believe that guys would be writing down altering scorecard as, as they watch them post them up on the board but that's a good one i mean i like i got messages poor ass that people are like playing with their father-in-law for the first time and he's like writing the wrong scores down on the card oh. and stuff and you're just like bro like what do you not win enough in life like what is happening because this ain't it like this isn't the place to do it if you're going to cheat at least find something that's going to be more helpful and better for your like golf game or your wallet or something than taking home 40 more dollars in pga tour superstore credit you know yeah i think a real problem here based on the the kind of ponderance of result of responses you got is like there's this race to the bottom. People just assume the others are cheating. Right. So they do it themselves. And how Correct. do we come to this sort of agreement and handshake at the top? Like, no, I promise you, we are going to play this straight. Cause there it seems like 
the overall reputation of scrambles is that people are cheating. And so you get this race to the bottom and it just perpetuates itself worse and worse. So how do we do away with that? You, I don't know. Mulligans, like that seems like a real stigma you got to get rid of. I saw the suggestion, which makes sense on paper of eight sums where, so you have some right. check and balance on the other group. What do you think of that? It would certainly help with the cheating issue, but I mean, is that workable? It's it's the only real way to fix cheating issues at scrambles. But as we've mentioned a couple of times here, scrambles are already slow as hell. Yeah. I mean, what would that would this be like an eight hour? I mean, how long <laughs> right. a round is it if you have eight sims playing scrambles on a full golf course? I mean, it's gonna be brutal. But that is if you're really writing down rules to fix this, that is to me the only rule that truly exists is you have two groups playing the same hole at the same time. Right. I think I think that would yeah, think about the time it would take because then, then you're also adding in sort of the duty of like monitoring the other group. Right. Not not like, you know, you don't have to be, you know, vigilant, but it's just a thing that's also in your head that's slowing you down as you take a look and think about it and other stuff like that. But yeah, it, it feels not totally workable, right? It's golf is so strange because, you know, golf loves to tout being this gentleman's sport. And we're supposed to call rules on ourselves. And then you get to this format. That is a slight departure from what we call regular golf. And everybody just throws out all the honorable stuff and forgets what the game is truly about. We don't need another group to be there to make sure you're not lying about your score. That should be on you guys. But I don't understand how four people that call themselves golfers and love the rules of golf and call all these players out on cheating on tour at the same time are like, you know what? It was good, which brings me to another rule I think would help in terms of fixing cheating. I think whoever's making the announcement to start the day, just lay out more concrete ground rules. Hey, guys, you have you have five mulligans or whatever the mulligans are. We need you to mark down when they happen on the scorecard. If they're not marked down, we're not going to take your card. I mean, that would be very important. There is tape on the flagsticks. Inside of the tape, it's good. Outside, you've got to put it. They are not good outside of the tape. So at least there's a, a line that you can follow and understand because I'm sure you've run into this poor F. It happens every scramble. The putt's two feet on the first hole and you pick it up and it's four feet on 12 and somebody in a group says it's good. That number grows as the day goes on and drinks are consumed. And I think if you really have that, to your point, the string or the tape or whatever it is, at least you understand this is when it's good, this is not. And if you're taking a putt outside of the tape, then in your mind and internally, you know you at least cheated. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it, it's it's putting a few more guardrails up um, and really forcing your hand to be like, I am a cheater. Like, I am conspicuously and deliberately cheating because I'm going, you know, I'm taking a mulligan on a hole that's not marked. I'm going way beyond the tape. So, yeah, that, that's a good way to kind of at least try to, um, I don't know, curb it, I, I would say. Hey, here's my question. Do you think we're like overblowing this? Like, is cheating this act actually this rampant? It seems like no, everyone's an I, do, I don't. Response. I don't think so. I tend to like default to oh, you cheated because the numbers you see Correct. are crazy. Like, you see the winning number is often nutty, and and there was like I've played into some that are handicapped. It's like I don't even know how this works. I saw people <laughs> respond so like that's it's so bizarre. It's so weird. Shot, like forty three. Like, what are we doing? I don't know how you even do that. But like. The numbers you come in and you see are crazy, like 48 or whatever it is. Like you cheated, 54, 52, whatever it is, you cheated. You birdied every hole and, and eagled a couple. And so maybe it's not, I don't know, maybe it's not as, as 
rampant as everyone thinks and it's just a default setting we go to yeah maybe one of the ways to fix it is for everybody to not just instant instantly believe the person that one cheated you know like i played yeah. i played in a scramble at southern at southern dunes in arizona one time with three of my buddies that are really good players and we parred the first hole and made just birdies and eagles the rest of the day and i think we won by four and you know when you yeah. win by four everybody's going to assume you cheated like we didn't cheat <laughs> we played great right. everybody made putts when they needed to but we knew we knew the moment we finished the day when we went in that they were going to assume that we cheated because of the score we posted. So maybe it's on everybody to maybe take a, a slightly softer approach to who wins the damn thing and not just assume everybody is out there giving each other putts and taking a hundred mulligans. Yeah. I would say that's like another thing like um, that I don't like about scrambles. It tends to to bring out the guy who really wants to be the ball buster and yeah. everybody look at him. Like, look at me, I am the ball buster. And you see this at all sorts of events and they're there on the patio and they're shouting about it. And it's more of like, it's less about even the substance of their allegation and wanting to claim someone cheated than sort of look at me. Um, and they probably the same guy who's saying like the member guest, you're the sandbagger cause you won. And some of these people like, might really take that to heart, you know, and, and like be hurt by it, you know, the guy, you know, and if you're a sandbagger, then you should be called out. But like, if you cheated, you should be called out. But yes, it does tend to tend to kind of bubble up the guy, the look at me guy on the patio or wherever in the dining room that just wants to shout about somebody cheating. And they're usually pretty obnoxious anyways. So I want to transition to a few questions, comments, things we got. Uh, I want to start with this one from Ari Marcus of Golf Channel fame, one of the great dudes at Golf Channel. Yeah. Uh, he brought up this. He said putting order. He thinks the best putter should putt first, not last. Where are you at with that? The best putter should putt first, not last. I don't know what the key to this is. So do you do you keep the same putting order the entire round? Like, is that a, just an absolute dogmatic thing? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty type A. I like having the order throughout the day, even though I know there's people that don't care that much about it. I like the idea of literally going in order of of your skill set. Yeah. I would say we general I generally adhere to that, and then like we sort of you know it depends. You've had your 27th Bud Light, and you right. It's like it's like honors or... in a tournament. It always just goes yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I, why would you do the best putter first? All right, so so let me let me make the case here because I mean this is not to sound arrogant, not to sound like an asshole. I'm typically you know the 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 best player yes, in my scramble group. Good. I mean most of the yeah. time in my lives that's been the case, and I'm always the guy that puts last. There are definitely moments in scrambles, and this happened you know a few weeks ago when I played in the last scramble I've played in. There are putts that I see and I know the line. Now there are a lot of putts that I don't know the line on, you know, I can guess what the break's going to be and I can assume what it looks like. And it's very nice and helpful to see someone hit a putt, but bad putters don't help you with line. You know, a bad putter isn't going to hit a putt end over end straight the way you want it to. So you've got to factor that in, but there are definitely moments where it's like a 10 footer. That's right. Lip. I know it's right. Lip. I know it's inside the hole. And yeah. there are moments where I would like to just step up there and hit it. And I don't always voice that because I don't want to, I don't want to sound like an asshole. You know, I don't want to tell waiting. the guys in front of me, Hey, like, yeah. let me just go. Like, I don't want to see you guys hit this putt three times bad. And then <laughs> it play into my head. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's comments from caddies, right? This is one of the keys to being a good caddy is never bringing up the negativity because that stays in your brain, right? You don't want right. to say, don't hit it right. You want to say, you know, let's favor the left side here because you say, don't hit it right. And the person's brain only keeps right in their brain. So for me, there are moments that I wish I could putt first, but I never voice that. I always just kind of stick to the order. Okay. I got, I got it. And that makes sense. I, I, if you are the best player, you don't want to see three choppers just kind of 
send balls, you know, to and fro up there. And yeah, I, I, my problem is I always have the read. I just suck at putting and I probably don't <laughs> that's, hit. That's right. I hit the wrong pace and speed. And like, uh, I, I'm pretty good at reading grades. It's just like, can someone do this for me? Right. But yeah. So um, that's why I just, I'll go whenever I'm ready to go. But I, yeah. I found, I found it very interesting. I, I love this line. Not really a question from Matt Cosadine, but he said, I always think it's interesting that the same experience can be viewed so differently depending on what player you are in the squad, the ABCD player. I just, it is so interesting that you can be playing in theory, the same format, the same group, the same golf course, the same hole, and everybody in the group, depending on what your lettering is to what type of player yeah. you are, the whole thing can feel so different. Yeah. Yep. I I'm, I'm, I'm probably always in the BC. I'm, I mean, occasionally I might be an A and then we're the toast. I probably say I'm rarely the D I don't know. I, I don't want to put them in their shoot in their brains, but like, it feels like for the D it's like, probably the most fun they'll have on the golf course, right? right? Instead totally. of just slogging their way to one hole, whatever, you know, every shot counts kind of thing. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, I would think it would be a pretty free kind of enjoyable golf experience for that D person. Um, at BC, maybe it's somewhere in the middle and a, I don't know if you would could speak to the a, like, is that a, is that a just sort of a nervy, not nervy, but you know, pressure packed, frustrating situation, always having to feel, like you got to hit your shot. I, I think it used to feel like that. And I think now there's a little bit more excitement in my brain when I know that nobody's hit a good shot. And if I hit a good one, everybody's going to be so pumped up about it. You know, nobody's on the green on a par three. And if you hit it to 10 feet, it's yeah. not just that you're on the green, but you've hit a great shot and you've got a real good chance to make birdie. And now you flip the score for your team. So I, I try to lean a little bit more into the excitement level of being the A player and less on the pressure of it. Because again, Going back to nobody cares what you shot. Nobody cares if you win or not. Let's just go out there and try to have a little bit of fun. So I've been trying to embrace, you know, like the weight on my shoulders and let's step up and hit a golf shot versus if I hit a bad shot, now the team is screwed. Do you think, another separate question, do you think momentum is real in scrambles? Because I generally don't think momentum is real, but in scrambles, I feel like it is absolutely a thing. I I, I do. I, I think if you look at scramble scorecards and you're a team that made 15 birdies and shot 15 under, the pars are probably all grouped together. You know, I mean, that, that yeah. almost always happens. And when you get on those runs, yeah. I think especially putting, I mean, to your point, I think momentum and putting is a huge thing in those scrambles. And when you start to miss those putts, going back to your point about the mulligans being used on putts, now you're missing five putts and yeah. you're going to the next screen and you have a similar length putt. Yep. It, it seems to kind of flow throughout the group for sure. Yeah. In my experience, it's like, yeah, we started, you know, we're only two under through five and then we birdied everything in and you get in the money. Like that just generally is how it, it feels like momentum is very real in scrambles. Uh, Sean Melia said that he played in a four club scramble recently. Each player brings one club for the group to share. I just thought that was a, a really interesting take on scrambles. I mean, like what club do you bring poor if you're in this scramble what's the club of choice well obviously you have to strategize right, right. like somebody it's got to be a text change <laughs> yeah you just like everybody the driver, the driver. <laughs> yeah. putter or whatever um I, i'd probably bring like a seven iron or something right a mid iron i don't like it depends on what where we're at right I, I suppose it depends on where we're at does somebody bring a sand wedge like i, I don't got know it. how often are you gonna yeah i think you bring a driver Right. Well, driver and putter seem like those are both out. So you really have two clubs to choose you're from. Saying, yeah, not a, yeah, you're right. Because you're, you're right. taking a driver and you're taking a putter. So now you've got to pick two clubs, you know, between the other 12 left, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a good one. I mean, 
the again the general purpose of scrambles is you're going to have a lot of like not great golfers, couple right. really great golfers and <laughs> make it hard cause. And it's, yeah, they shouldn't hickories shouldn't be a thing. Like you said, and like four clubs shouldn't be a thing, but that maybe that's just a game you play with buddies. It's a different deal. Uh, James Nitties, uh, who I worked with this year and I love sure. so much, uh, you know, James Nitties. he yeah. said, who's the group MVP in a scramble, the pro that's getting a practice round in, barely chats on the way to shooting whatever he shoots the three that's more like a 15 but says he should hit last the 15 that's really a six but hits a 220 and rips 15 beers or the 24 that can't break 200 plays twice a year and takes 17 calls during your round that really that hit me in the heart is the 17 that's phone calls one. during the round oh yeah we've I've all seen, seen that. that guy just wandering to and wandering about off to the side in the heather um i think it was the the 15 that plays like a three and has a bunch of beers. Yeah, is that yeah, was the, yeah. how, my the 15 that's that? really a six that hits it to 20 and rips 15 beers. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's I mean, the MVP. Like, you don't want the person who's not talking. And it sounds like the pro in this hypothetical is, it's not talking again. This is like half social, half golf, it's, right? It's not like the typical golf. And so if you're not talking or you're on the phone, those two guys are out. Um, and I think it's probably the one who's, probably just there to have the most fun and you know producing the most camaraderie or, or feelings of you know warmth and uh enjoyment all right so tom mcgovern sent this speaking of weird scramble games that you can play within your group like i bring in a like my group bringing a football he said yeah. we created a fun game to keep all four players involved in every hole you get points for fairways and greens and regulation and you set putting order and stick to it. Players get one point for each, each foot of putt oh they drain. <laughs> I, I can't even read this, much less keep the track strain, of it. You get all this stuff going on. Throwing, he's, strain, he's, now you got points with everybody. <laughs> this is this is like that Wolf Hammer game that the No Lane Up guys play. Yeah. I, I, it's too smart for me. I don't understand how to keep yeah. track. But he said each player puts in 100 bucks, and most points take home the pot. Seems Seems too complicated. I mean, that's great. If you can do it, I'm not, you know, besmirching it. If you want to organize that and keep track for everybody, fine. Uh, I just, again, and, and it adds a little intrigue and side interest, but again, like it's not going to be a quick day. It's already a little jumbled with all the side games and side, you know, Mickey Mouse stuff going on. Um, I just wouldn't add more stuff to keep track of, but if you can do it and it adds some sort of inter intra competition amongst your group, go for it. Uh, another one I got was um, there was a scramble where you bring your golf clubs and chili and you, <laughs> you, you have your golf score plus your chili score is your total score. I mean, I mean, I, like he said, they blew a fuse in the clubhouse because of the 22 crock pots. I, I mean, how are you judging the chili? Everybody's picking their own chili, right? It feels like. Yeah. That sounds like a lot. That sounds just like impossible to keep track. This of. sounds like guys that want to eat chili, but they feel like they need to introduce sport along with the chili eating. You know what golf scrambles need uh, less of subjectivity. <laughs> you know, it's already this. We're already operating in shades of gray as we've talked about the cheating. We don't need even more subjectivity where we're judging chili. Um, Sarah asked a great question. It's one of my favorite ones we got. It said, assuming everyone in the group is the same handicap, what is the highest handicap you would expect to break par in a four person scramble with no gimmicks like mulligans or buying strings? She said, I would guess around a 24, four, 24 handicaps. What are your thoughts? Okay. So four guys 
they all have the same four people have the same handicap. Yeah, yeah. S- similar, same they handicap. They got to shoot seventy-one or seventy-two or something. Correct. Correct. I don't think it's twenty-four. Seems yeah, high. I just don't like. You're gonna have like. There's gonna be a lot of pars and a couple bogeys. I, in my opinion, twenty-four is too high. I, I think it's got to be like, like, like sixteen or something, fifteen. I, right. Like you're toast I mean, on the I par was, threes. You're done. It's kind of the number. It's kind of the number I had was fifteen. I twenty twenty four hand. Like you said, if there's water in play on a par three, like they could make six. Yeah, you're you just, know, you're toast on so many of those kind of yeah lawn par fours, par threes. It's just gonna be it's it, yeah it's gonna be a mess. Par threes are like where obviously these things are won and lost very often. Where you want totally. a good player and totally. all that. So yeah. Uh, I got a car for the course, a uh, friend of the program, friend of y'all's podcast as well, said my cousin called me last minute to sub in for a corporate scramble. I was playing with him and two strangers who play golf once a year, and only if it's a corporate scramble on the third hole, one of the guys grabbed driver. Unfortunately, it was a par three. He said instead of making the 20-yard walk back to grab his driver, he said he was just going to take a little I kind of like this. A little, I, I totally a little know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> take a little off his driver said he proceeded to butt it 20 yards into the rough his last line was his contributions to the team were minimal <laughs> i like the last i like line. that i mean again that is one of the best parts of these deals right not on a par three but you know you get do you get frustrated if like the 15 handicap can't just do the four iron in the middle of the fairway like you asked and now you you gotta just you can't rip it towards the green or try to drive the green like that that is one of the great it parts about these these scrambles right and it's another way for the low handicap to chip in just bunt one out there so we're safe or whatever as the right goes yeah so i i try to give notes as just simply a note Hey, it'd be great if, like, if it's par five, right? And the guy's got three wood, and you know there's no way in hell they're getting there anyway. And you go, hey, listen, it'd be really helpful to the team if you hit six iron short of those bunkers, and then it lets me and Brendan try to rip three wood up there. Like, I'll give those notes, but if they want to hit three wood at the end of the day, I'll let them hit three wood. I mean, it is what it is. Like, they're trying to play golf too. They paid the as well, right? Is the, you get to the long drive hole, and everybody swings out of their shoes. Like, you have no <laughs> chance, dude. You just, you're no not going to get there. You're not. It's not happening, but they swing out of your shoes, and all of a sudden, all three balls are like OB or duck hook hard, you know, and it just, and you're there, and it's like the long drive hole. I'm, I'm speaking more about you, almost never about me. Like, you got to, like, keep it in play, but maybe you you probably would win the long drive if you, you know, connect on it like you always normally do. And, and yeah, these guys swing out, swing out of their shoes because they thought they could keep it up there with the long drive contest to, again, win, like, you know, uh, you know, a pair of socks or whatever it is. So, yeah. You know, can, can I ask you, this is, this is, this obviously kind of aligns with what we're talking about, but it's a question for you that I talk a lot about with my friends in golf. We're I'm 39. You're, you're Same. close to that. I think, I think you're yeah. what, you're 39. So they still give out trophies at golf tournaments that we play in. Like, oh, what really? are we supposed to do with these things? Well, yeah. Like, where's like, this? Like, like the thing I said to that, or like, that, like, well, I mean, competitive, you get trophies, clubs sure. give out trophies i mean even even some of like the nlu fried egg events like you'll get something i know that you guys do a better job of like giving out bags and things you can actually use yeah. out on the golf course but like what are we supposed to do with these trophies this is an honest question because like i 
are you, I mean, it's a little bit like I'm, I'm a little, I'm kind of in a, in a argument, slight argument with my wife right now about Christmas cards, because like Christmas cards cost a lot of money, you know, when you do them for the family, like, you know, three, 400 bucks to do the whole process, maybe a little bit more if you hire a photographer yeah. and everybody just looks at the card and then puts it yeah. in the basket and they're yeah. done with it. Like, should we just be doing this on social media going forward? And the same thing as trophies. Like I get the idea winning a trophy and holding a trophy is a cool feeling because we're all 12 years old, I guess, somewhere at heart. But what do you do with it once you get home? No. Like, where do you I display mean, it? This is like, talk about a weird tradition, by the way, which everyone does it. Like, happy holidays, here's a picture of myself. Like, you know, it's just a weird deal. But everybody <laughs> does it. And this is what we've agreed is how it's right. going to operate. But the trophy, like, I'm confronting this with my kids now because I don't like clutter. And it's just like they're piling up. It's, you know, I participated in this. I got – and, yes, especially at 39, like, what's the ones you do <laughs> keep? Like, you won your club's club championship, and it's a plaque you could put on your basement wall, maybe? Um, like that might be one you keep. I don't know. Like, I don't know what, like which ones are not just clutter. Um, I, I think they're right. all clutter, dude. Like it's all clutter. And again, like I, I've received trophies and they've been cool and I think they're cool, <laughs> but like There's they're, no they're like bookends, right. you know I mean? They're, they're literal. That's what you use them for is to like keep books, you know, upright on yeah. your bookshelf, which brings me to another point. Why do we have bookshelves? You've read the book a couple of times, like just <laughs> yeah. give it to somebody else. You don't need to, are you, are you showing off That's what exactly you've read? What Is doing. that the it's point? Displayed. I have, okay. you know, Prowse full collection on my wall or my shelf and yeah, I'm smarter than you. And that's what it is. Um, so Nick wrote this in going back to cheating said every year, he said earlier this year, I played my first corporate golf outing with my boss. I've always known him to be a pretty good golfer from what I've heard. He started the day playing terribly, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt Around the seventh hole, I checked the yardage on the scorecard, and I noticed that two of the scores were wrong that he'd written down. I felt awful, so I took it upon myself to start tanking like the Cowboys in the playoffs down the stretch to ensure we didn't come near an award. So we should have invited Nick yeah. on this podcast is what I'm coming yeah. to. Yeah, well, how honorable, right? I mean, that that's pretty good. Like, we cannot be accused. Like, we have, in fact, an incorrect scorecard. Let me try to even this things out like cosmically for myself and, and my conscience. I, I don't mind that. Pretty good. So but as we're wrapping yeah. this up, do you have a scramble that was your favorite you ever played in that comes to mind? Do you have a scramble that you loathed kind of from start to end? Mm. Like that, that pop in your brain or do they all kind of just mesh they together? Kinda... That's a good one. They kind of mesh together. I mean, there's certainly some company I've appreciated more than others, right? Really good friends. That's typically what there's it's about, right? I've, like, yep one or come close to winning or one I like cleaned up and won the long drive and we won second and like, came, like, I don't know. There was like, they kind of all meshed together to be honest. It's more about like, did you get good weather? Was the course like, okay. Right. It wasn't just like waterlogged kind of thing. Um, like those in the company was good, but they kind of all like, th those are the ones that kind of push beyond the other ones. Right. So, so if we're going to say kind of rules at the back end of this, like ways to enjoy your experience at a scramble, ways to make scrambles more fun for everybody, I think first and foremost is don't take it or the event that seriously. You're only going to win like a plasticky trophy or a gift card or something like that. That's not going to change your life or make your bookshelf any prettier. Don't cheat. I think it's important here. <laughs> try, try not to cheat in the scramble. I think would help everybody. And I think the other thing we've mentioned is don't assume everybody's yeah. cheating. I think that's an easy thing to do about scrambles. When you look, if you go to the tweet I sent out 
or you look at some of the DMs from Instagram, as we've said, everything was about cheating. I think it's important maybe to assume the best from these teams and yeah. not the worst. And, and like, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like a pretty hardcore golfer. Like you play a lot. There's likelihood that you are like the quote, like unofficial captain and like figure out how to figure out how to be that in a non overbearing way. Right. Subtly say like, Hey, you know, we shouldn't take this ball that's above our feet and with zero angle like that, that like, you know, figure out how to be a, a good captain. That's not overbearing. That's obviously sort of a little bit welcoming and kind to the really bad player who's like has a chance to really have like their best day ever, most fun day ever on the golf course. So uh do we miss anything? Do we miss anything? Do you I feel don't like I think so? I think we got into the business, the margins, how you can make a little extra with the long drive with the drunks on the patio. Um I I, I don't know. Like just figure out what's most fun for you and do not take it too seriously. Understand that like it's probably for a cause. You're not working. You're outside and you're probably having fun with at least one or two people you might enjoy. So, and uh, and another thing is is sometimes when the charity aspect is involved and you do feel the need to have stuff out on the golf course, just don't have it equate to the score. Yeah. Like, hey, do you want to give it twenty bucks and give me a high five? Right. You know, it's or just simply say give us 20 bucks for charity. Right. You know, it's like, you don't have to throw it in with some contest for the golf, bring out a little putty mat, do something where maybe your group's competing against each other and you're getting a little money on the back end. But when you bring that into the scores, typically when this stuff starts yep. to break down. Yep. Absolutely. This is, yeah, I enjoyed this. This is good. I, I Me too. I played Me too. too many scrambles, honestly, like it's crazy. Gets to the fall. What, what percentage of your golf is scrambles versus non-scramble? I mean, golf, at the end of the like? year, I don't play a lot of golf. Like I said, it's usually when I'm on the road for golf right. or for work. Um, it, it could be like as much as like ah, 20%. Okay. Uh, Cause like th this fall, it goes nuts. You just get asked to play. And a lot of times it's on the house or it's like your buddy came to your kid's school one, or you got to go to his, like it's your buddy's charity. Like there's this fall where I played like a, one on a Friday, one on a Monday, one on a Tuesday, and I played like three straight days of scramble <laughs> golf. Do you feel like it messes up your game? Like I know the oh, best players sure. there, like it really absolutely. Up for a while. I mean, you all you're trying to do is hit it hard. I will say this: I either drive it great or terrible in scrambles. There's no in between. Like I never have a day in a scramble where I hit seven fairways. You know, it's like I'm hitting <laughs> eleven fairways and beating the shit out of it, or I'm hitting two fairways and it's all over the map. Like there's no in between. And you for do that. not you are off your game. And when you go back to normal golf, uh, quote unquote, normal golf in the subsequent days or week, like a lot of good players say that it screws them. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you want to play a scramble like the day before your club championship. <laughs> right. I'll say that. I don't sure. think that's, I don't think you want to be like sure. getting really, really <laughs> dialed. And, and I'll say this before we go something very important and do this on golf trips. I don't think the two man scramble oh, yeah. is played enough. I think the two man scramble is such a great way to, you know, waste away an afternoon on a golf trip when you're playing somewhere for four or five days or you're tired or you're just at your club and your buddies around and you want to go play an emergency nine. The two man scramble doesn't get enough play in golf. And I think it's one of the great formats. It's like, seems like a great middle ground between like the best ball, which we just talked about is not super right. really a team thing kind of is only a name. And then like the alt shot, which is like, sort of the, the anxiety and pressure of like, you know, it's pretty hard. It's much more, you know, challenging at every turn. Whereas a scramble, it's kind of threads the needle between those two. And it, although it's probably rarely used compared to them. Yeah. I feel like we never do. We we've, we've implemented the two man scramble in my little like January two big guys trip thing, where one of the afternoons we do, you know, we do eight, 
you know, two-man scramble matches, and it's a lot of fun. And, again, people get into it. And the alt-shot stuff, it's normally about the bad shots you're playing, mm -hmm. right? And the good part about the two-man scramble is about the good shots. Uh, Brendan, where can people find you, hear you, read you, see your face, buy your uh, merch? The Friday. Friday.com is the website. Subscribe to the newsletter of the Friday. Great newsletter. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Obviously, we have the Shotgun Start podcast. Um, yeah, that's it. You know, Twitter, I'm around. So thank you. Yeah. The news, the way you guys have changed the newsletter this year, where you've put in like those mini columns, I've found uh, really beneficial and a lot of fun. And, you know, newsletters to differentiate yourself between newsletters is a hard thing to do. And I think you guys have really nailed it with that. It's been cool to see like Monday mornings after a great golf tournament. I love seeing what you had to say or what Andy had to say or what Garrett had to say. Like it brings out, it brings out something new in the newsletter that I don't think existed. Well, appreciate that. It's sort of the luxury of, of not, you know, being able to kind of experiment at a smaller place that we have and, and being able to do a podcast about scrambles, right. That we don't have to kind of keep it traditional on everything. That's so, exactly. Yeah, we got the, Experiment with the newsletter. All right. So. That's Brennan Porath. That is the Scramble Podcast. Send us a note uh, on the Twitters and on the Instagrams if you liked it, if you have comments, if you think we're idiots or any of that stuff. And uh, we might respond. And uh, that is the pod for this week. I hope you have a scramble in your future very soon. Get a Grip with Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio.